Oh, all right, let's get it, boys. Everybody ready? Who, who, who? Good day. You are listening to a podcast, but this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. Or this. What the? This is the podcast. Storing the tits. Storing the tits. Storing the tits. Storing the Ted Smith and Cobb. The podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. All right, well, welcome back to another episode of uh, the podcast, the home episodes. As always, I'll be your host, the Ted Smith. And, uh, well, like usual, I brought some friends along with me on the bottom square today, where he's been the last couple of weeks. He goes by the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? Brett, Brett, man, if you got to go get it then. Let's go, boys. <laughs> I never know what to say in those. All right, get, get the studio set up and everything uh, on par. Matt, Cobb, the producer, MCTT. What's up, up boys you know what home episode this is i i don't i know i know uh get back in the lab that's why i want to let you know because it's a fun one it's a big one it's the home episode dirty 30 baby that is wild with the (laughs) week we've missed and stuff we're already done 30 of these home episodes yeah this is the new normal jesus (laughs) <laughs> yeah we took like that's a- crazy that we have not been together for 30 weeks to do a podcast together <sighs> right and that i just shook me more than that because we took like the first like six weeks of quarantine off or whatever and i've seen you guys separately but like the three of us of it the three of us haven't been together in a room what since february god that's right because you weren't in oregon this summer that's right right i missed oregon that's what I'm saying. Like the three of us, like that's wild. Cause I'm, I'm used to seeing us all here together. And then I'm like, I've seen Cobb and I've seen you, Matt, but I'm just like, wow. God. That honestly, you know what? Wow. That's a lot to lead with Matt. I, that just hit me hard. Yeah. I, I didn't think it all the way through. I thought like dirty 30, woo woo, like fun, good times. And it's like, damn. Yeah. This is- dun, dun, dun. <laughs> By the way, speaking of dirty 30, how do you feel about guys using that term for their birthday? You know, I've never really thought about it till right now. Dirty 30. Okay. Now that you mention it, it is more of a chick thing, but I probably wouldn't have noticed if a guy had done it, but it's, it's probably just not going to be that dirty, you know? So I don't know. I'm fine with it. I try not to judge, you know, the way, I, actually, I'm a pretty judgmental person, but I'm gonna sit this one out. Yeah, I don't. For me, it was always what girls said, like, "Oh, it's my dirty 30. Woo! And now, like, guys are like, "It's my dirty 30. It's like you're a dude. You're already dirty. <laughs> what, what's gonna be? What are you gonna go hook up with a random chick tonight? <laughs> dude, what's the rhyme for your 40, which is coming up? Ah, uh, I don't know. Stay at home, wear a mask. I'm 40. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Sorry, bro. But that's pretty much it. Pull <laughs> <laughs> out for Ted if you're listening at home. <laughs> Poor bastard. Can't even have a 40th birthday party. Yeah, and honestly, I really did not care to well, actually. I didn't care too much, but as it gets a little closer, I'm just like, damn. But, you know, 41's going to be the uh, 41's going to be the jump off. <laughs> Ted, that is a lie, man. You're a big birthday guy. You have a party every year. 
Well, I'm still going to have a, I'm going to have five people over, which you guys are included. And then, uh, we'll then I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be a baller. I uh, rented a room for a couple days with the, with the jacuzzi jet at tub. <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to order like steaks and just hang out and get in the, you know, kind of a pseudo hot tub. Ooh, doing you. I like that. Doing the like bull dance, feeling the flow, working it. I like that. Like, You're really doing that? And I was like, yeah. Oh, it's my buddy Sean. You guys know Sean. And he was like, I, I'm just impressed you're going through with it. I was like, listen, I'm turning 40. I got to do something. Treat yourself. <laughs> right? Treat yourself. Yeah. That's a good move, man. I like that. And it breaks up the monotony. You've been staring at those same four walls all year. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, look, we were just talking about for the cast, but uh, Governor Inslee put in extended the restrictions till oh, I know. January 4th now. So that's like no indoor restaurants. You got to be outside. I will say eating and it has nothing to do with the place. Uh, Capital Cider on Capitol Hill has tremendous fries. Very delicious BLT. I recommend adding avocado. You can afford it. <laughs> <laughs> But it was just weird. Like, we're just sitting outside on a busy sidewalk. And George is like, yeah, I got this cool, like, gas heater next to me. I was like, yeah, it's just what we do now. <laughs> yeah, seriously. God, that is life now. But, yeah, I don't know. The, the extension of the order was tough. But it, it's kind of crazy because you think about it, we're getting this huge flare now. And, oh, God, I should find that list I saw today. But we're getting this big flare now. And we're almost exactly two weeks after Thanksgiving. So everybody knows what went down. And it takes about, you know, 10 days to two weeks to really show, you know, major symptoms or to be in the worst of it. Yeah, and I don't know if it's because, you know, I still don't know if I had it in March or whatever. I was sick there for, for a few, like really, you know, it was a bad flu for a few days. But like in the spring, and this will sound kind of bad, but I really wasn't sweating it too much. You know, I was doing everything you should. But for some reason this time around, like I'm a little more nervous. Oh, it, yeah. I'm like a little extra careful of where I'm actually going inside or not. And, you know, like wearing my mask, and, you know, I mean, I wear it outside all the time, but specifically too, like going into places like, yeah, I'm keeping this freaking thing on. I feel like I go back and forth between Howard Hughes paranoid and like, mostly pretty chill but just wearing a mask and keeping my distance it depends on the day how about you matt man yeah i'm i'm with you Cobb. uh it it certainly seems to like the paranoia and it like surges at times but for the most part man like i've been laying pretty low right it's like trips to the weed store and trips to go get soda water from the grocery store and then, you know, playing golf. We did go out to dinner a couple times, but we're in California, man. Like they got the outdoor dining stuff figured out um, down here and it's still open in this county. So, um, yeah, I I feel like there's days where I wake up uh, and feel like an anti-masker. Like this is ridiculous. We're being ruled by fear Da, 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 da. And, and then there's other days where, you know, or it can be later the same day where I'm like, you know, oh, my God, I, I came into contact with like eight different people when I was picking up those J's earlier, like and I used cash and, you know, the paranoia just like runs rampant. So it's a really interesting thing. And I feel like I've drifted all over the continuum of reactions to it. 
Dude, I saw this thing on Twitter that was like the 10 deadliest uh, days in U.S. history, and four of them were in the last week and a half. What? Yeah, I saw that too. What? Dude, Ted, can you remember what else was on there? So like number one was like some hurricane, then like Antietam, and then it was like last Friday, last <laughs> Thursday, last Monday, Pearl Harbor. Yeah, and then like September 11th. What? Yeah. Dude, it was wild. It, honestly, it was it shook me. Well, and like, <clears throat> obviously, I'm not going to say any names, but now we're getting into a weird space, too, where like some businesses are just kind of like, screw it, we're staying open. And it's like, I, I don't know. I go back and forth on that one. Like, it might be all right. I feel like every article I read that says it's okay to go into a restaurant or, or a gym, you also read one that's like, don't go there. Or... You know what I mean? It was this article's published by like the restaurant industry. So it's it's just a weird zone right now. And that's what I'm saying. Like today just happens to be one of those days. I'm usually not too worried about it. And I was like, I'm kind of freaking out a little. I, I shouldn't say freaking out. I'm just a little more aware and legit a little nervous about it. Yeah, dude, I think that the news pe- freaks people out. I, I've noticed when I just focus on my immediate surroundings, I'm pretty chill and cool, but I still, you know, try to stay safe. But if I read too much news, I get freaked out. I, I found that thing. So deadliest days in American history. Number one, the Galveston hurricane, 8,000 deaths. Number two, Antietam, 3,600. Number three, September 11th. Number four, last Thursday. Five, last Wednesday. Six, last Tuesday. Seven, last Friday. Eight, Pearl Harbor. Wear a Whoa. mask. Avoid gatherings. Yeah, and it's crazy too. Like, I don't know, like that dude, I don't know if we talked about this on the cast yet, but like that guy from the Dodgers that tested positive. Well, like he was kissing his wife, but she never tested positive. So I just like, I don't, and like the COVID scare I had last week, like everybody was negative. Like the girl that got it was being careful. We don't know where she got it from, but like her roommates never tested positive. And I'm just like, it just, I don't know. I I don't know. And I think like a lot of people, like I'm just, I'm just getting a little mentally fatigued. But at least I I, re- I can recognize it, you know. And Matt, we both know recognizing things is part of well, awareness. You know, it's the first step and change. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. One of our uh, mutual friends that I know, like, was, it's like, it's crazy the most, like, some of the most cautious people have gotten it. And other people are just out there, like, YOLO balls out like whatever and they've made it this far without contract like the randomness of who gets it who doesn't and how intense it is is just mind-boggling like i think humans we want to like connect to some sort of rational or like familiarity like sense and there's just none of that with this thing yeah yeah humans like fit their history to a narrative you know they like the story to fit to a yeah whenever um uh, dude, the, the other thing I was going to say, Ted, not to kick a man while he's down, but I, I presume you've seen already the Trump Pfizer stuff. <laughs> the United States passed on getting 200 million doses of the vaccine. And so now we lost our spot in line and we're not, we we're not eligible to buy it until like June or July. I did Pfizer not see one. that. You didn't. I'm sorry, but I just read that an hour ago. Oh! Merry Christmas, motherfucker! 
Yeah, I mean, you know, honestly, the Moderna one I think is is better anyway. So hope hopefully we get that. But uh, yeah, maybe 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 your forty second birthday will be the move. That's the big one. <laughs> Four two. Four two. Four deuce. <laughs> I will say this: I saw an interview with like an old, like ninety year old Englishman today in England, and he was just like, "Yeah, like I got the vaccine. I want to see my grandkids." And he was just like so English and so like nonchalant, like, yeah, it's a vaccine. It worked. It's, it's going to work. So I took it. <laughs> Dude, I will say this, you know, you see, uh, Ted, you and I have a lot of friends. Well, actually Matt too, like in the, the burning man, um, you know, uh, what's the right word? The, the burning man crowd, the sort of alternative sphere. And we've seen some of the things that they put into their bodies and then they're like, Oh yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. Untested. No idea where it came from. Like a vaccine. Like, Oh hell no. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I know. I saw one of those memes the other day, and it's like, you'll take these mushrooms or this ecstasy because, you know, Jeff looked, you know, like looked responsible. He seems cool. He seems yeah. cool, right? Like, like, did you vet him? Like, did you do like trials? Like, no, like Jeff just seemed like he had it together. So I'll take his drugs. It's like not a vaccine. <laughs> yeah, not something tested by 25,000 people and doctors <laughs> in lab coats. But Jeff. He's a good guy, man. I could tell. <laughs> I still love every festival uh, Cobb and I go to. People think he's a cop, and they're always trying to sell me or give me drugs. <laughs> you look like you want to have fun. Like, well, <laughs> like, what's up with your cop buddy over there? <laughs> <laughs> we could make it a crazy under uh, undercover team. <laughs> Dude, we would, man. We'd be a great sting up. Uh, i was reading about that couple um the other day that like uh they they hosted like a fake um a fake wedding ceremony and invited a bunch of drug dealers and then like stung them all at once or whatever in minnesota you ever read about that thing what no (laughs) dude it was crazy it was like the original sting operation these this couple like got to know all the drug dealers in this town during like multiple buys whatever and was like dude you should come to my wedding whatever and then boom, the cops rolled in and just stung everybody at once because they were worried if they like hit one drug dealer, like everyone else was going to lay low, fall off the map. So they tried to just swoop them all at the same time. Wow. Dude, you know, that's oddly kind of like an episode of Rick and Morty. Uh, Maybe they based it on that. Bird person is getting married to one of mm-hmm. Summer's friends. If you haven't seen Rick and Morty, I, I can, I'm not going to explain it all, but Bird person, it's already a little weird. But then at the end, she's like, I'm actually working for the international agency. Like, you oh, yeah, yeah, dude, I remember that episode. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm still on the fence about Bird Person. Like, he's had some highs and some lows as far as his relationship to Rick. I see. I like Bird Person. It always seemed odd to me, though, that it, like Summer is a cartoon, but she's in high school. Why is Bird Person marrying a high school kid? Question. Oh, now, you what? Go ahead, Matt. I'm just in shock the Cobb's up to speed on a TV show. Yeah, I don't think I've seen the latest season, but like uh, season one, two, and I, I'm not sure if there's a three. I've, I've seen quite a few. Very good you show. Consider yourself a Rick and Morty fan. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'd buy the T-shirt. I'd take the ride. Wow. I mean, that's I, Ted. You watch a lot of TV. I've been watching that new show, Big Sky. I wanted to ask you about it. Have you watched it? I have not. Okay. 
No, that's another it's thing, but I'm a big fan. There's a new episode tonight. What's up, Cobb? Is it about Montana? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> wild, wild stuff in Montana. It's on ABC, but it feels more like a cable show. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> Cobb, That's you a don't way to watch much TV. Like I've gotten a lot of TV recommendations from Ted and it's like, dog, like I, you know, like I can't keep up. I, I don't, you know, I prefer to waste my time on my phone, uh, whatever. Like, and, but hearing Cobb be like, yeah, Rick and Morty, like you were up to date on the character like that. Like, I don't see that out of you with TV shows a lot. And that made me perk up. And our boys, Nick and George, love that, too. I think very highly of those two in their opinions. So, like, this Rick and Morty thing has seemingly reached a tipping point when Cobb's like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that character, but, like, I'm up to speed on the plot lines. Dude, Rick and Morty's what's up. I would say it is to 2020 what The Simpsons were to, like, 98. Wow. Which okay. is funny, because Rick and Morty's a few years old. Yeah. Uh, the, so, like, the first two seasons are great. The third season's funny. It's just dark. Like, it gets really, it's the darkest season ever, Morty. <laughs> uh, and then season four, which just came, which this year is pretty funny. But Rick and Morty, too, is just one of those shows I never watched in the beginning. It's like, oh, I don't like sci fi, like, F this, F that. And then I was like, it, it really has nothing to do with the space stuff. It just, it's just right. a funny show. Yeah. It's more philosophical, if anything, I would say. How long are the episodes? Short. I don't yeah, know, 20, it's a comedy. So with commercial, what's a half hour comedy with commercials? 21 or 22? 22 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Matt, you'll like it. All right. Let's start at the beginning. Okay. I'm in. Dude, trust me. You'll love it. And just the, just the interplay between Rick and Morty is awesome. Yeah. And I've heard enough good things from people I respect that it's like, dude, you got to take the jump at some point. Yeah, man, you got to get Swifty. <laughs> get Swifty. <laughs> that's the thing. That's a show where I feel like so many references have permeated across society that non-fans don't know as Rick and Morty references, but we know. That's what I'm saying. Like the Simpsons, the Simpsons at its peak had that effect on culture. You know, that's a good point. Uh, speaking of TV shows, have you guys have you guys heard about or seen the promo for a recipe for seduction? Nope. Please tell me you're on this. Okay. <laughs> so it's a 15 minute mini movie starring or starring uh, Mario Lopez from 90210. Or Jesus Christ! By the bell. I haven't. I took a week off from booze and I had a couple beers. You got to AC Slater. AC Slater, right? From, right? <laughs> what is the name of the goddamn show? Saved Sabrina the, the Teenage Witch. No, Saved by the Bell. Thank you, cop. So he's a young Colonel Sanders who becomes like the chef at a mansion. Wait, is that out now? I heard they're making it. Oh, it's it's Sunday at noon on Lifetime. It's 15 minutes. Trust me, I'm DVR in this motherfucker. <laughs> But it's like a yoked hot Colonel Sanders who's the chef and he has his secret recipe and like the like the daughter is like in love with the chef, but the mom wants him to marry this guy. And I mean, one of the lines is like, it's like he has a secret recipe. And then the guy like finds the recipe and he's like, secrets out, chicken boy. 
or chicken man. Wait, it's 15 minutes long is the whole show. It's the whole show. I, so I, I can't tell if it's like supposed, it's gotta be tongue in cheek because then right after that comes an actual lifetime Christmas mu- movie that Mario Lopez is in. So I think it's a way to get people. I'm just like, dude, you, you gotta just go online and look up the promo. I mean, it is, it is, un- I mean, it looks like they're going to kill Colonel Sanders. <laughs> I'm pulling it up in my other browser right now. I'll watch it after. Um, there was that one rapper who had that line. He was like, I gave her my special blend of herbs and spices. You remember that song? Gator boots with the pimped out Gucci suits. I remember that song. Gator. Oh, wait a minute. Gator boots with a pimped out Gucci suits. Gucci suits. Yeah. Fresh and uh, Mm -hmm. who is it? Matt Manny fresh and uh, baby, right? Birdman. The Birdman. Fresh is our turn, baby. Birdman says I fly in any weather. Put some respect on it if you're going to talk about the Birdman. God damn it. Good call. (laughs) I thought maybe you guys knew about a recipe for seduction. I am pumped for this. A recipe for seduction. Okay, boom. It's this Sunday? This Sunday at noon. All right. Get on it. All right. You know what, Matt? I know what you're thinking, and you're right. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> All right. We ready? I'm sure, you'll, I'm sure you'll figure some out. Yeah. What, yeah. What are we doing? Focus. <laughs> Focus. All right. Welcome back. Now, here's a very important question for you two. Did you see that Sounders game last night? <laughs> Dude, I knew you were asking about this. No, I missed it. Oh, my God. Matt, did you see any of it or the highlights? Nope. Oh. Dude, Ted, give me the play-by-play. I need it. I just saw that people were hyped and that the Sounders are in the MLS Cup final. Yeah, my, I'm sorry to have disappointed you with that, Ted, but I, it's offset by how excited I am to hear about it from you right now. All right, Agreed. so first of all, keep in mind that last night made four out of five, uh, or no, made five out of five straight years that the Seattle Sounders FC have been in the Western Conference Finals. Wow. You're talking about a team that got to the MLS level in 2009. I know what you're thinking, and yes, the word starts with a D. It's called a dynasty. <laughs> we are in dynasty, baby. Throw it up. So now we are in uh, – so this makes four out of five years. The Sounders are in the MLS Cup. We've won two of them. Uh, it, so Minnesota United, the game's at home at Lumen Field, not Century Link. So it's not going so hot. We get to the uh, there, and we've got some chances. We had a goal that was wiped off because of uh, VAR. Hit, hit What's VAR? Uh, the video review. Wait, so, it hit the post, and then they said it went in, and it didn't go in. No, no, no. So we hit the post a couple times. The goal oh. went in, but then they went to the video review and said that he pushed off. So they called a foul. Oh. And the goal got uh, got taken off the board. So then you get it's two nil. You get to the seventy eighth minute, right? Around it's the seventy nil in the seventy eighth minute. Seventy eighth minute. Will Bruin? Oh my on. god! Will Bruin comes on it like the seventy fifth. He was only on the field for two minutes, and Will Bruin scores just a dirty goal. Like you know what I mean? Like a clean up goal. Basically, right? Diaz hits it. It kind of bounces around. He right just to clean up, knocks it in. So now it's 2-1, right? You're like, all right. Like, we're getting there, right? So now we're like the 87th minute. We have another uh, another goal. So now it's 2-2. Two, two. 
And you're like, holy cow. Whoa. So there's four sounders have the momentum. Right. So at this point, you could feel the momentum. And it's like, cool, whatever. By the way, I am screaming in here going crazy. Mm-hmm. Ah, like, that would be nice if the stadium had fans. Oh, my God. <laughs> it would have been one of the best matches ever. So it's like, Dude. all right, like, uh, like, we'll just, you know, get to extra time. We got all the momentum. We're good to go. Four minutes of stoppage time in the 83rd minute. <laughs> like 30, 80, 83, 30 or 93, 30. Boom. Corner kick, little flick header uh, from, from another substitute. Three, two, 30 seconds later, the game is over. I mean, it, Cobb, it was un-fucking-believable. Wow. They stole that game. 78th minute. I mean, that game's basically over. You're down 2-0. Yeah, maybe like you get it into the in overtime or try to force a shootout or something, but to get them to get three in regular time using two subs, that's honestly wild. Was it, it raining? No, remember yesterday was nice. It didn't start raining until last night at like eleven. Wow, dude, wow. that makes it all the more impressive. Like rain, sometimes you'll have crazy stuff happen, little skips and whatever, but like they put in three clean goals. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, that's why people were so pumped. I saw people going off online. I was like, dude, people seem very excited. That's cool. It was one of the craziest comebacks I've ever seen. Like when we scored that third goal, like I was on Zoom with Sean. Like I, I turned around and was just jumping on my couch. And then like, like, look, I like the Seahawks, right? But there's like Sounders stuff and Maryland football really bring out like that passion, passion, Ted. So I'm jumping on my couch and then I turn around and I'm just like, nobody will be able to see this because they're not on Zoom with us. But I'm just like, Aah! like just screaming <laughs> into the camera. And he's like, oh, I was like, and he goes, when is the last time you saw a comeback like this? I was like, in a game that matters? I don't know that I have. Yeah, never. Dude, that's crazy. You guys are filling me with like so much cool stuff to do. I just lined up uh, the highlights for this game. The Colonel Sanders recipe trailer. Uh, Doug Gordon on Twitter from that thing we we're talking about. And Matt's t-shirts he was suggesting before this podcast started Dude, not only that when you watch <laughs> i gotta buy some of the shirts when you watch the third goal listen very closely to the audio and i don't know who it is but it's just a high pitch like ah! I mean, <laughs> like it was, dude i'm telling you it was one of the most insane insane soccer matches i've ever watched in my life dude that's like um uh, the, uh, the 95 slide. I mean, the audio from that is so iconic in Seattle, you know, it's like, whatever, like whoever rounds second, they're going to wave him in. You know what I mean? The throw to the plate is late or not in time. Like dude, people who have heard it, like it just sticks in your mind forever. That's sick. I love like great announcing, especially on something like that. I, I just realized at this moment that sports bar was called 95 slide because of Griffey. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, the throw to the plate will be late. The Mariners did it. They're heading to the whatever championship. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Well, that's, the I think that was, was that Rick Riz? I don't know who did that. Dave, no, that was the dude, Dan, yeah. Dave, Dave Niehaus. God. But it was a national game. So that screaming came from one of the players because there's nobody I love in the that. Game. It, I mean, it, I, I mean, look, you can hear it in my voice right now. They can see the smile on my face. Like, if you watch this game, I mean, it was, it, it, honestly, it was the craziest thing. And Matt, you're going to have to, I know you're going to bleep me a bunch tonight. But as soon as I could, after that goal, as soon as I could text somebody 
just holy shit. I got eight texts in a row that just said, holy shit. And, Fuck. Yeah, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was one of the greatest games I've ever seen. Plus, after just a terrible weekend, mm-hmm. if you lived in the Pacific Northwest, Washington Huskies lost to Stanford, which they shouldn't have. Oregon, Oregon State both got beat. Seahawks lose. The Cougs got absolutely trounced on Sunday afternoon, which is weird to see a a college game on Sunday afternoon. So it was like Sounders, like probably not the Northwest because Timbers hate us, but like save, like Sounders, save the city with something this weekend. God, dude, Ted, I always forget like how much your life is affected by sports goings on. I'm picturing you like kneeling next to your bed. It's like, God, like your hands pushed together to prayer position. Like, I, I don't ask you for much, but I need this one, please. 78th minute. Like, give me something. Make me believe. Oh my God. Man. And the first, I don't mean- me a sign. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's also funny how different sports you react different, right? Like with American football, like you high five and this and that. And I don't know what it is, but when it comes to soccer, I feel like my hands are always on my head, either on top of my head, like no, or like covering my mouth. Like, are we going to get there? Are we going to score? God, dude. Yeah, that's man. That is a wild ending to a game. Were you watching by yourself or you said you had someone on Zoom? Yeah, me and Sean were zooming and we started at halftime. But yeah, I was just, I was just sitting here watching it, eating, <laughs> eating a little dinner. And I was just like, oh, I mean, it was so bad. I mean, it, it looked bad, but, you know, got to keep the faith. And it's Smetzer time, man. That guy, you know, that guy just knows how to coach. You get two goals from two subs in the last 12 minutes of a game and win. And that's doing something. In the Western Dude, Conference like think- Final. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I like to think that he just looked at the bench and he's like, who's hungry? Like, who's going to get out there and give me a, sorry, Matt, you're going to have to believe it. Who's going to get out there and give me a fucking goal? Because that's what we need right now. Right, and that's the thing too. With I don't like care a, how many practices you showed up to. And that's the thing with like a guy with like Will Bruin. Like, he's not going to blow you away with like goals like left and right. But for some reason, when it matters, he's a super sub. You put him in there, he'll clean up and get one in. Dude, that's what I've been talking about, man, is clutch rating. Clutch rating is so key. It doesn't show up on the stat sheet. It doesn't appear on the back of your trading card. But clutch rating is like intangible. And when you have somebody with a high clutch rating, dude, they just they come up in the big moments, man. Like they come through in a pinch. And I feel like clutch rating is one of the most underrated things in sports. And some people just have it and some people don't. Like they just they can push you across that line. It sounds like both of them did. Yeah, I mean, look, I'll be dead honest with you. Like, I mean, I played a lot of baseball as a kid and like a teenager, but one of the best times was once like doing something in a playoff game. It's just like, it mattered. Clutch rating. (laughs) Also, full disclosure, one of those, I was in eighth grade, I think my second year, and I scooped a ball at first base. I thought I missed it. (laughs) (laughs) Even I was surprised it came up in the glove. Uh. oh man uh all right i guess the only other thing i wanted to talk about and i think you guys will appreciate this uh in my neighborhood there's some very steep hills right so when i used to train jujitsu up here i remember one specific hill that's over like starts on i-5 and just goes up but it is like the grade on it's super steep so with the gyms closed 
Sunday, I was like, all right, it's sunny outside. I'm going to go do some cardio. I was like, going over to that hill. We're going to sprint it 10 times. Around four, it turned into like, we'll just, we'll just jog it the last few times. And like, <laughs> like, like the last three were like, we're just going to, we're just going to walk up this thing. <laughs> we just got <laughs> yeah. to survive. <laughs> Dude, sprints burn people. When I need to get a workout in and like, and I only have like 20 minutes to do it, a couple sprints will just burn your whole body. I mean, going, if you go a hundred percent, that's brutal. What man, I mean, I'm, I, I'm assuming there's a reason you didn't say which hill, but if you want to tell us what street, I mean, like, you oh, know, were you... if you're on Capitol Hill, right. You know how Melrose goes right next to the highway. Yes. If you take Melrose all the way down heading North, eventually it cuts off. So I don't know what street it is. If you make a right right there, but it is super steep. Hmm. Put it to you this way. It was uh, it was a nice day on Sunday, but it was a little chilly. So after I run these hills, and you, again, mainly walking and jogging <laughs> and running. You got three sprints in there. Come on. Do you know how your legs just feel like jello? And then I like stop in the corner store to get like a Gatorade. <laughs> and like I'm wearing actually the same Maryland hoodie and like my mask. But my mask is full of sweat. I'm like pouring sweat. And the guy's like, you okay? And he's like, do yeah, you have a fever, yeah. man? Don't come in here. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm not all coked out or on meth. Like this is fine. <laughs> Dude, hill training. I like that move out of you, Ted. That's a power move, especially in the dead of winter. I mean, we're coming up on the shortest days of the year and you're out there getting it. Well, I mean, gyms are closed and I was like, I knew it was going to start raining. It's like, you can sit inside and do like, you know, push up, sit up, squats, whatever, not squats, but like lunges and stuff. But I was like, Man, if it's nice out, and it killed me. So I love NFL Red Zone, but I was like, we got to get this done. We know we're going to watch what I'm this. Saying, man, you got to get out there and get that bread, man. See, that's what I'm saying, dude. Like that, that's how I tell you've like come such a full circle from like the old youth, you know, three or four years ago. Like the fact that you're just like, God, I just got to get this workout in, man. There's no <laughs> other way. Cause like that's how I've always felt about it. It's just like, let's go, man. You just got to put in the work. No excuses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Play like a champion. I love it. Ted's putting in those extra minutes, man. Dude, I I just Ted, hopefully you don't mind. Uh, I guess technically this might be breaking confidentiality as your coach from back in the day. But I just wanted to tell Cobb about a story that kind of illuminates that same thing. Ted went on this trip and he'd been crushing it with his nutrition leading up to it and everything. And he's like, I'm going to be getting together with the boys. There's going to be beers. There's going to be burgers. There's going to be pretzels. And I was like, yeah, dog, enjoy it all. Eat it slowly. Don't stuff yourself. Like you're golden. Just fully enjoy that experience. And then he comes back and he's like, I did it. Everything was great. I didn't overeat. You know, I, I got to enjoy everything, had a great time. And then he's like, but by the time I got home, I was craving a fucking salad so bad. Yeah. And I was like, that's it, dude. That's a shift. You're there. That's what's up. Oh, uh, there was a salad on Sunday, but it was a Seahawks game. There was also some lemon pepper chicken wings. Ooh. Oh my God. That checks out. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, uh, all right, Cobb, you got some emails there as you take a sip of water. <laughs> <laughs> that's what always happens. It's like when somebody takes a big bite of food or whatever. I did that to uh, my brother's girlfriend like three times at, uh, at Thanksgiving. 
Like I would ask her some intense, she's a pharmacist. And I would ask her some complex question about, um, about COVID right as she would like take a big bite. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah. We got a couple emails. Uh, won't name the band. Oh, wait. Um, okay. I'm not going to read the subject line because he says the name of the band in the subject line. I think that's maybe for us. I'll tell you boys after the cast won't name the band, but when I saw the band that is not named pie at NFest 10 shout out to the man known as Steve, the producer uh, at the time for helping a homeschooled 14 year old win the tickets on his morning show at the time. Anyway, they stood there in the same places, not moving around, not really interacting, just going through the motions and they didn't even play the going the distance song lamest performance ever. And I have even been to the nutcracker. It was more boring than the nutcracker. I think Ted would uh, have rather had my experience and I would have enjoyed his better than mine. Or maybe the band not named pie just isn't a very good live show. Um, <laughs> so email into email at the podcast.com with your stories about band that bands that are not named pie. And with your answer to the Cobb topic, uh, Oh yeah. Okay. I think he was saying if anyone else basically doesn't like a band with a similar name to that, let us. Yeah, know. I said it last week. It's fine. <laughs> it's quarantine, man. You can get away with saying a lot more. <laughs> How's Juicy J gonna find me now? You know, uh, <laughs> from a man. Don't, don't say that. <laughs> Ted, I'm feeling crazy, man. I've been locked down. I've been on lockdown for eight months. We're on Homecast 30, Ted. We Our contract says we're going to do three Homecasts. Three. <laughs> Just kept getting pushed back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going stir crazy. Um, all right. Uh, from a man who has eaten European bacon in multiple European countries, hungover, don't ever let them haze our bacon. Stand proud. Though I'm a proud American, this is just an unbiased fact that we have the greatest bacon in all the land. All the land. All the land. Now, if they are judging some bar S equivalent bacon, I can forgive the misunderstanding, but European bacon is damn near uh, inedible. Again, hungover, greased bacon should taste sublime. First off, their bacon is 90% fat with a thin strip of meat along the edge, and they undercook the crap out of it, which I know sounds weird, but I can't think of a better way of describing it. Maybe this is a regional thing, but uh, what they call bacon versus what we call bacon? Well, there's just no comparison. Last, I'd like to hear Bacon's view on this Bacon conversation. Sincerely, Mike, a.k.a. Blue 8 Golf. I will say, uh, for Bacon, when he's brought some of that bacon he's made at home, like candied bacon or whatever, that was that was freaking delicious. Oh, man. So good. Greetings to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. First time emailing, been listening for a few years, and love what you do. Dude, I love that one. Someone's been listening for years and then they hit us up. That's cool. Um, for Christmas, uh, I'd like our new house to be finished. My wife, 10-year-old stepson, my toddler daughter, and I have been living in a travel trailer for almost a year. It's tested all of our patience, but we're surviving. We live near Leavenworth in Lake Wenatchee and winter number two is fast approaching. Thanks, fellas. Michael, the Lake Wenatchee log trucker, a.k.a. Hammer. Uh, I'll tell you what, Hammer. I hope I hope I assume you've enjoyed some breakfast at the uh, 59er Diner. Uh. Mm-hmm. That place is good. Big Y Cafe. I've always wanted to go to too. I just have always seen it, but never been. Have either of you guys been there? Big Y Cafe? 
The Big Y Cafe at that Big Y in the road between like Leavenworth and Wenatchee. I have no. not. I've been to the Fifty Nine er Diner, but that one, yeah, I haven't been to the Big Y. Uh, fair enough. I, I haven't either. I've just always always seen it, and longed for it. But hey I've boys, to, uh, I've also been known to frequent the Squirrel Tree. Ted, your knowledge of regional local bars is pretty unparalleled in the state of Washington. Like, I don't know. Someone brings up an obscure town. They're like, oh, yeah, I live in Othello. And you're like, oh, have you been to the rucksack? I love their meatloaf. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, dude. You're like a walking encyclopedia of useless bar knowledge. It's pretty fun. <laughs> Um, all right, one more. Um, accident porn. Hey, boys, I'm going to keep this family friendly. I was listening to your election week episode of the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. And Cobb mentioned that he misread an email subject as accident porn, not accident prone. And it reminded me of the time my wife uh, accidentally made a porn. We live out in the woods and have security cameras around the house. And with our nice private back porch, we sometimes like to enjoy each other in the sun. One time, uh, we were getting down with each other and for- had forgotten the cameras. This is our first time on the deck since getting them. Uh, a few hours go by, and we're at the dog park, and it occurred to me that we may have video evidence. Went back through the footage to find we were smack dab in the center of the camera. I obviously saved the tape, unfortunately, or maybe fortunately. It never went to the cloud, and that phone died violently and unexpectedly, and the film was lost. It was a sad day for me, but not for my wife, strangely. LARP on, boys. The Exterminator. Wow. Dude, I like that. Outdoor sex is phenomenal. But just, you know, it's the chances are kind of few and far between. But if you got a private deck, get outside and start start getting it. Wow, wow. That story had a lot of turns, I felt. Yeah. I like that. I think my highlight is once I had sex outside like on top of a hill on a logging road. Wow. I had sex on Mount Sai. And then that was the same day I saw a bear on Mount Sai. You saw a bear, right? Yeah. Well, bears are attracted to sexual uh... pheromones. That would make sense. (laughs) That checks out. It might have been around the same spot. (laughs) This is the most eventful hike of my life, though. Yeah, last time I was on Mount Sai, I thought it was great because a little bird came to my hand to eat some food. You're up there having sex. Jesus. <laughs> LTD, man. Uh, all right, Cobb, we good on emails? We Gucci, baby. All right, well, let's check in with Matt and see what's mattening. All right. Um, yeah, it's been a big week. Uh, turn 34 on Wednesday. And oh, yeah, I uh, called you, by the way. Oh, you Never did? Heard Never heard back. I don't think I got a missed call. I might have been on a different call, but 8 a.m., man. I was on it. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, um, left you a mess. I left you a voicemail. Dude, I saw that. I, 2020, I've just been using COVID as an excuse to not check voicemails. Dude, I also hate voicemails. So I'm actually with you. I just they're, delete them. Yeah, they're, I mean, it's they're totally unrelated, but I just feel like, you know, COVID's a great excuse to just trim stuff you don't like out of your life. And I'm turns out checking voicemails wasn't for me. Well, happy birthday. That's all Thank I you. I appreciate that. 
Happy birthday, Matt. Thanks, Ted. I got your text. <laughs> <laughs> but I, the phone call is more personal. You know, it's just at the end of the day, I'm not checking voicemails, so I'm reading texts. And yeah, it's like, what do you want more heartfelt or do you want effective that I'm actually going to know about? So um, that was a great day, though. That was let's see. I had some work in the morning and then um, I went golfing with my dad and we had the (laughs) entire course to ourselves. It was the two of us. And I didn't see we there was no one in front of us. There was no one behind us. We didn't see anyone on like other tee boxes or other holes that run parallel to one another. Just a 75 degree blue sky day. Me and dad out there on the course having a ball. Nice. Uh, man. Yeah, it was it was great. I didn't play particularly well, but I just had a good time. Um And then we went to this dinner at this place that was really, really awesome. They had lights. They had live music from like a guy with the acoustic guitar. And like I was saying earlier, like places have the outdoor dining thing down pretty good here with the weather. Um, So places already had out dining, outdoor dining areas. For one, like every almost every restaurant already has one. And now it's like that's all we're using. But um, really cool lights and like like musician and great food. Um, My brother and his wife, my sister in law. Now I can call her that Um, they came out from L.A. that day. So, yeah, that was a ton of fun. Um, Really solid birthday in the sunshine. Other than that. But that was kind of the whole week, actually. Um, like, yeah, I've just been playing golf, living life. We played. There's a putting course here, and it's it's not like doesn't have like windmills or anything, but it's just like these like long putting holes. You could say they're like 15 yards or whatever, and like pretty narrow, so you have to putt down it. But we went to the golf PGA Tour Superstore, and we found these light up golf balls. Oh, I saw that, man. That looked freaking awesome. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, you have these LED light ball or golf balls that change colors. And, you know, so we saw those and then we went to the putting course at night and uh, turned them on. And yeah, it was super rad. So that was a definitely a fun discovery of like, damn, we can go play putt putt at night here now. Um yeah, I've played light up bocce before. I might have played with you once. Light up bocce? That sounds yeah. fun. Actually, that is possible. It sounds kind of familiar. I was going to say, up at Taryn and Brad's. Okay. Uh, at the beach or at their new place? At their new place. Mm, maybe not. I was thinking beach party one year. So, right. I don't know. It's possible. Um, but, yeah, it's it's fun. Cause like we putt all the time and I love putting. I had a great session on the putting practice putting. So like it's a country club and like I wear the dress code, but like I was super high and I had my earbuds in and I was listening to Rory Blackleroy. And I mean, I was just having so much fun on the putting green today. Like all my lag putts were just miss- missing by a couple inches. They weren't going in. But you're practicing from 20 feet out. You're just trying to get close enough for a tap in. 
And I was doing that, but they all kept feeling like they had a chance. And I was super high and having a great time with my music. And I was getting so into these putts. And I'm pretty sure some of the older, stuffier folks were like, they're just not used to that kind of energy there. But I brought it nonetheless. Brought it in raw, real. I like that. That's all I know how to do. <laughs> so <laughs> life's good in the desert. All right, good. Glad to hear it. We got to yeah. uh, let's say, yeah, I saw the pictures. I don't know if it was you or uh, Tyler to put them up. And I was like, man, that nighttime golf looks dope. It did look sick. Yeah. Yeah, all those pictures were taken on her camera. We both posted some, but she's got the nicer for that lighting. Um, yeah, she's got the nicer setup. But it's is a blast, man. It is. Pro- I don't know. It might have been as cool as it looked because it looked pretty fucking cool in those pictures. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Uh, all right. Well, Matt, maybe it's about that time. Cobb topic. Uh, topic. All right, Ted, do you want like a more intense one or or a uh, more uh, nurturing one? Hmm. You know what? Give me the intense one. Yeah. Okay. So uh, for people who don't know, I work at a popcorn shop down in Pike Place Market, and um, we uh, we get a lot of requests from various charities, and oftentimes we'll give them a bunch of popcorn for their events, their whatever. Don't email me. I'm over it. That's what I'm – you missed your window. But, uh, <laughs> we, you know, we probably get hit up about uh, 15 times a month or so. Uh, usually we're pretty accommodating, but, you know, obviously right now we're, we're busy for the holidays or whatever. So um, today somebody hit us up um, – and they emailed like every account we have, like five different accounts and basically saying like, Hey, you know, I'm with this church group and my church is really important to me. We are going to have a movie night for the members and we're looking for donations from the community um, to do this movie night, whatever. Um, so I looked up the church and uh, obviously, you know, it's a church. They pay no taxes. They have a huge number of members. They take in crazy money. And as far as I can tell, they don't do any community service whatsoever. Oh. So I was just like, you know, I just, I hit my limit and I was like, man, I just, I want to give this woman a piece of my mind. I'm not donating to this. Like she, she just said so many like little things in her emails that were setting off my bullshit radar. She's like, Oh, we would really love like a little donation, but if you want to give us a giant one, that's cool too. You know, like, Oh, what sort of purchasing order do I need to do? Whatever. I looked at the website. I want all the most expensive stuff for free. And so she just, she set up my bullshit radar and I just, I lost it. I didn't email her back. I didn't hit send, but I wrote a, a very uh, tersely worded email. So my question for you boys today is what immediately sets off your bullshit radar? Email us, email at thepodcast.com. Literally the word email at the with two E's. God, we got to make that easier. Uh, podcast.com. What immediately sets off your bullshit radar? Oh boy. I mean, kind of funny that you bring that up, but one that always gets me is when you're talking about somebody, whether it's like a famous athlete or musician or politician, and somebody always goes, well, first of all, you got to know he's a Christian man. So it's like, <laughs> I go, all right, so he's a dick or something. Like, why, why do I have to know that? Like, it seems like you're trying to be like, so he may be a giant asshole, but 
He cheated on his wife, but right. he wears a cross. Right. Like you say that out of the gate, it kind of it kind of gets to me. And I know sometimes people do it too. It's like, well, he's a nice dude, but it's like, mm. yeah. And I mean, it's the same token, right? I know people like that. I'm always like, yeah, he's nice. He's a nice dude, but and it's like that that always sets it off. Like if you have to preface it, whereas like if somebody is like ask me about you or Matt, it's like, yeah, he's a cool dude. You know what I mean? Or like for me, like the biggest compliment I always say is like, oh, he's like one of us. Oh that yeah, a good compliment. Yeah. So that, I mean, I'm with you. That that always that always puts up my radar. You know, like, well, first thing you need to know is this and that. Like, I I'm not asking about what he does in religion. I don't care. You know, like, hey, Ted, he's a Christian man, right? So does that? You know what? Let's just talk about it. You're right. It's 2020. I think Philip Rivers is a dick. Wow. And it's disrespectful. He never gives the ball back to the quarter or to the referee. He's always throwing in the dirt. He's always bitching and moaning. Like, they'd be like, well, you got to know he's a Christian man and has seven kids. So what? Have a little respect on the field. You're the captain of the goddamn team. Preach, Ted Smith. I'm coming to your church now. Right? Like, I'm just like, man, how hard is it to toss the ball to the referee? You got to throw it in the dirt like a little whiny Dude, that's the kind of person who mistreats waiters. I'll tell you right oh. now, hundred percent. Right. If you if you talk down to a waiter or somebody in the service industry, I had this a few like a few months ago with a friend of mine who I really like, who kind of works in that industry, and he was like, "Well, I just didn't have time right there." And I said, "Look, I love you, dude, but you were rude right there." And he's like, "Really?" And I go, "Yeah." Like I know it's just a front desk person, but that was rude the way you treated him. Yeah. All right. I just, I'm in a hurry. And I was like, I, I know, but like you it's always time never, to be kind, man. Like, you would never put up with that from somebody else. So why would you do that to somebody who's just doing their job? Right. Or when people are just using that to like offload their stress or anxiety or anger onto someone, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, a good look, there's certain times, right? Like I went through it with this whole tux thing a while ago. Right. But I said multiple times, I said, listen, and I've, I've done this before. I go, listen, this is not your policy. You just work for the company. Just understand my frustration is not with you. Dude, and that's what I, I always feel bad when they're like, when they're like, you know, like, da, 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 we'll sell the problem. And they're like, I, I, I'm really sorry, sir. And it's just like, look, it, it, you don't have to be sorry. You didn't set this terrible company policy. I just happen to be on the receiving end of it. But this is not about you and I. This is about the company you work for trying to grind out every penny. Right. Like, I'm just frustrated with your company, but I, I apologize. I'm not trying to be angry with you. It has nothing to yeah. do with you as a person. Yeah, that was one of the words I was thinking of because, Ted, you did a good job with the like, well, or the but like those are just like instant tells. The other one for me was like, I was just thinking about, yeah, interactions with somebody that's working somewhere and the word policy is just immediately like that policy is probably BS and you relying on it right now instead of helping me with my problem feels a lot like BS is the consumer right here. It's a Christian yeah. policy, man. <laughs> or like when people go, well, they were just doing their job. It's like, yeah, well, well a lot of the Nazis were just doing their just... job and just doing what was technically legal. Does not mean like, like, well, the legal stuff was really effed up? Yeah. What about individual responsibility for your actions? Yeah, yeah. for real. I'm with you. I, you know, I, I think a lot of people justify doing things that they wouldn't otherwise do and would feel bad about because they're doing their job. And I think a lot of, uh, just to use a general term, like a lot of bad shit is perpetuated, you know, because of that. Yeah. 
or sometimes too, like, yeah, I, you're right. And, and, and it's an, it's an easy, cheap excuse. Yeah. You know they, I mean? they just say they're a victim of a system they can't control. And it's like, yeah, okay. You could exit that system. I mean, I mean, I mean, not always, but you know, there's options. I'm with you, Ted. Yeah. And sometimes too, the system, because the way the system works, it allows you to exhibit some control in this one situation. So then a lot of times, unfortunately, people in those positions will kind of screw somebody else over because now they want to feel more in control. And it's like, well, this is your opportunity to like, you still got to do what, whatever the company or whatever says, but you don't have to screw that person over. Or Ted, you can, oh yeah. I was going to say, you can just say the police. We all know who you're talking about. But, um, <laughs> no, what I was going to say is um, to end it on a more positive note, you know, there are those small acts of bureaucratic kindness where someone's like, Hey, uh, you know, like we don't really have that uh, piece of uh, that. We don't really have that house listed on the map, um, but we're about to close in like 10 minutes. So if you want to come back and get your permit on Monday, maybe you should just do that. You know what I mean? Like those little acts of bureaucratic kindness where they're like, we don't really do this, but I just, I snuck you in with the last batch or whatever it is. I love those. Dude, I will, I'll leave you with this. <laughs> I'm in the San Francisco airport and I was visiting a good friend of mine, Rob, and uh, uh, Jesus, can't think of his name right now, uh, Damon. So me and my buddy Damon, you guys have met Damon before. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're flying back and we go and we're like, we're flying out on like a, I don't know, like a Monday afternoon or something. So there, I forget, anyhow, there was this nice kind of decent, not, not decent, but a nice seafood restaurant. So we were like, screw it. Like, let's go get like a fancy lunch in the airport. Ball out. And I ordered something and the bartender, like we're sitting at a table and he just kind of looks over and kind of gives me one of the like head nods, like, hey, over here. I'm like, all right. So I just walk up to the service bar and he's like, hey, man, I'm not supposed to tell you this, but uh, that shrimp you ordered isn't that good. I recommend you get this one up off the appetizer menu and then get this. And it's the same amount of food. And I was like, thank you, dude. Right. Basically, he was like, you don't want to eat the raw stuff. Get this stuff. And I was like, but it's just that little heads up. And I'm like, like, it made a difference. I was like, thanks, man. Like, you know, like he could have made more off the dish I ordered, but he was like, you don't want to eat that. Get this. Trust me, bro. Yeah, I love I love a little hookup like that. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, next week will be our famous Christmas edition because it was the last one we had for the year. Uh, yeah, when I say famous Christmas edition, I have no idea what that entails, but, uh, yeah, we'll be here. Uh, famous. We'll give you one more for the, uh, for the year that is 2020. Of course, we can't finish on an even number like 30. We got to finish on an odd number because 2020, while an even year has been an odd fucking year. <laughs> <laughs> Powerful Ted Smith. Right. All right. For MCTP, for Cobb and Lee Ted Smith, this is the podcast. Cheers. <laughs>